Are you ready for more miracles and magic in your life? Rainbows in Real Life is dedicated to bringing positivity to the forefront, celebrating the power and promise of the human spirit, and supporting each other in challenging times. Together, we are finding ways to make the future bigger and brighter for all of us. We will be sharing stories of perseverance, possibility, and promise in engaging with experts that are making a real difference in the world. Join us live on Facebook on Thursday evenings to engage in the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Hello, brilliant souls. Welcome to Rainbows and Real Life, the show dedicated to bringing positivity to the forefront, celebrating the power and promise of the human spirit, and supporting each other in challenging times. We believe when we join together, we all live better lives, and we are exploring ways we can do that in today's ever-changing world. I'm Pamela Aubrey, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Christopher Rausch, the No Excuses Coach. What's hey, Christopher. Happening? How you doing, Pam? Super What's excited to be here with you. Me too. Me too. I'm fired up. Fired up. Absolutely. And we have an amazing, amazing guest with us tonight. Patricia Geiget. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> Patricia, just say it for me. Geigich. Thank you. Because I'm going to butcher it. Patricia Geigich. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with us. We are so happy to have you. Yes, most definitely. I'm going to go ahead and read. Cool. Um, Patricia is an accomplished international contemporary artist, author, and humanitarian visionary. She is represented by several galleries in Canada, USA, and BASIC International France, F-A-C-E-C. -E in 2018, Patricia won the gold medal in photography at SNBA at the Carousel de la Vue in Paris. ATIM Art Tour International Magazine named Patricia Artist of the Year in 2020. <laughs> She is the recipient of the 2017 Excellence in Arts for the Courage and Commitment to Human Rights, Dignity and Freedom by the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. And in 2013, she was knighted as a dame, as a dame of the International Order of St. George Grand Prior of Canada, Niagara Commandery. Uh, she has studied under Master Art Dragon Dragic since 1999 in France. I probably should have practiced this. Patricia is a certified meditation specialist facilitator completing her certification in applied mindfulness and transformative mind, transformative mindfulness and mindfulness without borders from factor in Intwash, faculty of social work at the University of Toronto. She is recognized by WXN, Women's Executive Network, as one of the top 100 most powerful women in Canada in 2015, 2016, and 2017 and inducted to the WXN Hall of Fame in 2018. She has received many awards and recognitions, including the YMCA Peace Medal. And Patricia is also the co-founder of Help Heal Humanity, supporting education in Haiti, Kenya, and Cambodia. Patricia is a member of the International Women's Forum Toronto Chapter. Please welcome the unbelievable, the incomparable Patricia Geigich. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad to have you with us. I'm happy to be here too. Hi. Hello. And hello. Chris, thank you for thank you for that introduction because that was way more than I was gonna manage to pull off tonight. So 
We appreciate no, I, that. I, I love reading. I, just, I was like, okay, I probably should know that word and that word as well. But uh, the most important part is that we're gathered here this evening to talk about an important subject, which is kindness. Who could not use a little bit more kindness, right, ladies and gentlemen? Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. That is going to be, hey, what's up, Chad? Good to see you. XOXO. I got to go look at the comments, actually. I was going to say, we're already getting some kindness. And one mm -hmm. of our favorite things, of course, is interacting with all of you. So thank you for your comments and, as always, your questions. So, yes, we're talking about kindness tonight. And I'm curious, Patricia, tell us a little bit about why you think kindness is important right now. Sitting back and thinking about, you know, all the decades that I've lived, kindness has probably been one of the most difficult for people to enact. And it doesn't really matter as, as often as you think, you know, you've done a kind act or somebody has served you well. Kindness is not the easiest religion. You know, the Dalai Lama, I uh, don't want to get right into the Dharma here, but the Dalai Lama has always said, you know, my religion is kindness and, you know, lives and walks by that. So a couple of things I'm going to just share with you. So in Buddhism, the word for um, kindness in Pali is metta. You've probably heard that word before in Sanskrit, it's metri. So what we know is that there is a thought. And as soon as you have a thought, you are activating something in your mind because your mind actually is controlling everything. And when that thought arises, we give it a label. So if kindness is the label that we're going to give it, is it really in our true existence that we can enact that kindness? Because we have all kinds of things that come into play. Number one, we have an expectation that the minute you do something kind for somebody, you either feel that you should be pat on the back for it there should be something reciprocal or there should be another activity or another event that takes place. Reality is we're ignorant and it's that ignorance, which is actually our true existence. And in that ignorance, it's because we actually don't have clarity of mind to understand how our actions, the cause and effect of our actions actually reveal things to other people and to ourselves. So kindness is actually a way of dissolving, it activates dissolving useless feelings. And when people wanna give up, when they feel that they're at the end of their rope and they get into those desperate mindsets, you know, the last thing on their mind is kindness. But isn't it the first thing that somebody who hears that a person is suffering, it activates that sense of compassion or empathy and they want to try and help you out of the goodness of their heart, out of the kindness of their heart. But let's say that you've been around a person and you've tried to help them out. And then a little while goes by and you get that sense that even though I've been really nice to this person or I've been kind to them, things are off the rails. That state of consciousness that they're in isn't exactly sitting where, hmm, why are they you know, why are they acting the way that they're acting? I've always been so nice to people. Well, there's a few things that we learn. And one of them, which I think is really important is that um, when you're a really good person, you actually have a high tolerance for toxic people. 
And I think that, yeah, it is, Christopher, it's really, really true. Um, sometimes people who reach out looking for help in their most desperate moments are actually weak within themselves and they need people. So sometimes we look at these individuals and we think to ourselves, wow, I'm just gonna continue helping them because they really, really need me. But reality check is they're kind of toxic and they need people when they're in their high toxicity state. And if you happen to be one of those generous souls or people who has so much compassion, you always put your hand up, you always lead the pack, you walk in and you say, sure, okay, I'll open up my heart, I'll open up my time, I will give you the money, I will do what I can. And at the end of the day, depending on your own state of clarity and how much you understand about yourself, you could either be hurt or it could transform itself into really helping the other person. Wow, that is really, really powerful. And I just, I feel like, you know, right now with so much of what's been going on in the world, there's almost like this sense of, does it even make a difference if I'm kind? Yeah. Uh, you know, it does make a difference. There is really one of the only ways that you're ever gonna be able to survive in this, in this lifetime is to remove the duality and to understand we are, we're one unity, we are one people and our minds and our bodies are, are, are full of molecules and they all generate thoughts. The, the thoughts that you have in your brain, whether they're good or bad, they make it, once you've made the thought, there's an action and that action is parlayed into an outcome. So I don't know, Yeah, I, I always think people need to look at what's working in your life and what's not working in your life. Right, Christopher? Yeah. I, <laughs> All those are the baby simplicity. Mm, love it. Yeah, <laughs> so what gives you positive energy? You know, is it reaching out and, and helping somebody? And then you do that. And all of a sudden, there's this little moment where the, you know, the wires between the two of you don't actually connect. And what does it do? It brings up hatred. It brings up something inside of you that you've hidden because you've sheltered it in order for you to feel good in your own shoes and to create something positive for somebody that in turn really kind of backfires on you unless you can take the time to find out what it is that will keep you on the straight and narrow. And of course, that's going to require a lot of work. That's the psychology of, of living in our, own, in our own world, being on our own path, um, you know, some of the antidotes for that are obviously the big, big, big one, which is meditation. Taking the time to calm your mind, to truly understand what your purpose is, to find a path, and then generate, you know, the surroundings. Oftentimes people think they need a lot of people around them, or they are only comfortable when they have that cohort of, you know, the phone ringing and people asking, you know, can you do this? Can you go here? I guess as time goes by, when those are not serving you, when you don't have that positive result from being around them, in many ways, you need to be kind to yourself and give it up and just find your space. 
find the people who support you, find the ways that you can get through your nine to five with a comfort zone in your mind. And also know at the end of the day that you're happy, you're satisfied with what you've done, with who you are. Mm, that's a well, and that raises, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. No, I was just gonna, I was just going to ask you, I, a lot of people have been coming to me right now. They're, they're like normally kind people, Patricia, and you, we've all known them, but they're actually getting to the edge. They're like, they're getting so frustrated and so angry. Like I'm, I'm losing my empathy. I'm losing my sensitivity towards what's going on. I'm feeling this anger instead of kindness in my heart. Is that more of a reflection of what's going on inside of them? Or is that directly something that that's an external situation that's causing them to have that belief? Or is it both? What do you think? Oh, for sure. It's both, uh, you know, depending on how far along you are on your own path and whether or not you have satiated what your own personal needs are. I mean, it still goes back to the basics of Maslow, but the, the self-acceptance and the places where self-cherishing can become somewhat diminished will make a difference. So kindness is actually just a state of activity. It It's, it's really and truly taking an a, a position or an attitude. So when you choose to have kindness as part of who you are, what you should have no expectation of what's going to come back to you. If you're expecting something to come back and it's going to bite you, then evaluate what was your intention or your motivation to do what you did in the first place. And yeah, there are times when it is best for you not to act. If you want to put your hand up and be the first person to get run over, you better think about why you were doing that. You, you may not have realized that, you know, all of the other bits and pieces of, of your reasons for wanting to do it. Sure, it might look good and you can say, wow, you know, but I want everyone to know that I'm such a nice person. I'm a kind person. Well, I guess kicking in a little bit of wisdom would, would make sense at that point in time. So it, it's really a tough, and it's a tough world out there right now because everybody is suffering. There is no shortage of suffering in this world right now. Mm. It's, it's as if there's a time and a place, and this is actually a perfect place for people to sit down and start measuring what it is that they believe their soul journey, I'll call it a soul journey, or or their purpose in life is. And if you haven't figured that out, it's a good time to sit down and say, "What? who am I? What do I want to do? It's it's really nice to have other things and, and you know, share. And even for myself, you know, I've, I've been really fortunate. I've worked really hard and I've got accolades. They don't define me. Those are just results of something that I did. The, the real world, the actions, the places and things that I want to see happen, they exist in another realm. They exist in the in between the moments, in the in the seconds that go in between the seconds where I can actually sit and say, wow, I actually really enjoyed that. This is the this is the right place for me to be. These are the right people around me. These are the right messages. And I, I have to say that, you know, there is a time when the toxic world around you needs to be diminished. And no matter if you think that you're going to hurt somebody or you're going to be pulling away, you know, just like, and you said it not that long ago in one of the, uh, uh, your podcasts where you said you have to put the mask on yourself first. Yep. You have to survive first. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think, I mean, what comes up for me is that really kindness begins with ourselves that, 
going back to what you were saying, you know, if we're, if we're being kind, but we have some kind of expectation around it, then really it's not truly kindness. I mean, there's maybe some kindness mixed in there, but, um, you know, it's not pure kindness. And when we're kind with ourselves first, then we're taking care of the things that we need to take care of on our own. And that allows us to extend kindness. But, that, sorry, that's people really challenging. People don't know. Honestly, they really don't realize that kindness is a practice. It's not just that one time where you think, okay, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to help this little kid across the street. That was a very kind act. Or I'm going to go in and, you know, uh, here in Canada, we have, you know, Tim Hortons and you go through the drive through and it's, you know, payback. Oh, I'm going to buy the, the coffee for the guy in the car behind me. Well, that's a kind act. At that moment, you really don't know the person behind you. You don't expect them to tap on your car and say thank you or follow you down the highway. So in reality, every time you do that is a practice, just like meditation is a practice, just like knowing when not to speak is a good practice. I right? Practice I it. Silence is a fence around wisdom. And there are times when we need to bite our lip. And because in that essence of kindness, we're also creating an opportunity for somebody else to have a thought about what we have done. And when we live in this, you know, cohesive energy and, and we think about ourselves as being in unity, then we want to make sure that we are instilling in other people the act of kindness, to be in the practice of kindness. Tough pill to swallow sometimes when you have a big ego and you think, oh boy, I'm gonna do this, but I'll expect this to happen down or I'm gonna do this favor for somebody. And in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, oh yeah, but two years from now when I need this or that, they're gonna remember that I did this for them and they're going to call me or I'll be able to call them and get that favor back. Sorry, buddy, that's not how this system works. You know, mm -hmm. it's strictly all on its own, in the minute, all by itself, the most perfect genuine act. And there is no way out of it. And there's nothing to be added to it except the ongoing practice of kindness. Yeah. Wow, I love that. And I really love this question from Cindy. She asks, would you say kindness is the foundation to love? Yes, the adamantine particle of the heart begins with the sole act of understanding that we are here without a roadmap and in order for us to generate the ability to stay here on this planet as human beings, we are not going to be taken over by AI. AI does not have a heart and will not know how to love. So in the, in the you know, human devolution of, of what mankind is going to go through, unless we gossip, this is what they have said, unless humans are gossip, and that doesn't necessarily mean gossip as a negative um, form, but it means we communicate and it means that we continually spur one another on so that there is an opportunity for us to have feelings and genuine feelings and do and and they create the the love factor and yes ultimately if we were all to consider you know acts of kindness random acts of kindness as as a way of life then we would be living in far better terms and we wouldn't be watching you know um a lot of things that are going on right now politically and 
you know, our environment is suffering because we haven't been kind to our environment. There's, there's so many ways that you could break this down. You can break it down into every conceivable aspect of humanity. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry? <laughs> leaders in our life. I mean, we have to be leaders in our life to show that compassion and show that kindness. I mean, what you're saying, Patricia is so, is so right on, on point with what I'm dealing with the coaching clients is that people will come to me and they're miserable. And I'm like, do you love yourself? Yes or no. And they either say no, or they like pause for a minute. And they're like, well, I'm like, okay, so you're pouring out, you're trying to pour out all this love for everybody that you care about. You're trying to share that kindness of your soul. But if you're not, if your bucket isn't filled yourself, then how do you expect to be able to fill those other people's buckets? And my question to you is how big of a, of a role is forgiveness in that forgiveness of ourselves and forgiveness of the things that we don't understand about other people in society to be able to be more kind and less judging. You sort of wish that we weren't the type of humans that had to even have forgiveness. You, you, I really wish that we were just, you know, so pure in the way that we behave and act and think that we would never truly have to even think about, you know, being apologetic or, or looking for forgiveness or having to give forgiveness. But in order for us to, you know, work on our life, to be in this world and to maintain any sense of, um, you know, progress, yes, then forgiveness is, is a huge part of it. And, and always thinking about whatever the action was that you took that upset another person, there has to be something that came from it. And, and how that person's mind works. And if you've given someone or, or you've said something to somebody and it's truly upset them, but you did it in kindness or you did it in, in a way to reflect the ability for them to see a point of view. And maybe that point of view is circumspect or it's wisdom or it's going to have an impact as, as humans who hope to evolve into higher states of consciousness the only way that's ever going to happen is if we begin to practice. Every single day it is our practice. So for half the world who's, you know, in the practice of, you know, meditating and, and looking to stretch themselves into finding higher frequencies and, and working on, you know, vibrational work, all of that is extremely important. I mean, we've been through the human convergence, the human concordance, and all of our, our ways of seeing the world are trying to create what is, what is now an ideal world so that we can continue to live in it and survive. Well, and you know, what that brings to mind for me is we have, you know, we're, we've been seeing a lot and talking a lot about the idea of equanimity. And I think, you know, it's very hard if you've been on the receiving end of some form of mistreatment to then find over and over that place of forgiveness and then also even further kindness toward people who you feel have somehow mistreated you or have hurt you. And so how do we come out of that space where we feel like, <clears throat> You know, if, if this group of people over here is against me, then how can I be kind to them? People only see how they feel. Man. You know, I, I think that too often the ego is involved. And when you've had a situation with someone 
that, you know, turns nasty or, you know, you have to look at them as being where, where are they? And they are in a fired up ego. It's the, it's the way it is. It's how we work. It's not, you know, I have lots of books here, psychology books, history books, whatever, but that's the way humanity has worked. That's the way, you know, the mind has evolved. So when you're fired up in your ego, what does that say? I am self-important. And when you're self-important, then your way of dealing with people or your extensions of your conversations and how you overcome things becomes distorted. And until you're clarifying that distortion from your, from your own end, then the people who are around you, you know, you're going to have to treat them in a way of knowing. And, and that knowing means you open up a different conversation, hopefully one that doesn't dissolve the relationship that you have with them, but sometimes that might happen. And it could be because, you know, a year or two years or two days later, they may wake up and go, oh my God, what was I thinking? Of course, you know, I was being an idiot or I won't say other words, but, you know, and, and I think more, more than anything, it's also common sense. Yeah. Common sense, what's that? <laughs> Seriously, is that for sale? Can we sell uh, this I, I like the fact that um, when when you're in when you're in a relationship with somebody and you know you're getting into that moment where you know they're not being very kind to me here and I, I don't know what I should say or not say, but it's a really big hint when you can speak a truth and you do it in a way that is not afflicting or that you're gonna cause egoic suffering to the other person, but that you, you make it come from a place within yourself. And it's that, you know, I don't think I can remember her name um, or Carolyn Mize or somebody who says, you know, how you make me feel. And mm. that's, it's just such an open, honest conversation when you can really dig into it. You know, when I was working on um, my karmic alibi book, I, I started writing this thing called Inspired to be Rewired. And I, I was studying Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. And I kept thinking, you know, what are these elements of who we are? How do we master that on the basis of, you know, I've spent 25 years studying Buddhism, Foundation for the Preservation of the Mahayana Tradition, the Hanmi Esoteric Mystery School. I've studied, you know, a lot of the Judaic religions, um, when you, when you start to find the essence of who you are, then the religion dissolves and you yourself as the person start to realize that your extension of you is already kindness. That's how we survive. That's how we become who we are. That's why there's there's traditional things within cultures because they, they recognize how to be kind to one another. And there was a period of time when, you know, um, and I'll go back to this, it's like, 3,000 years ago, if not maybe longer, the Tripillion Kusitini culture in Ukraine, the breadbasket of, of you know Europe at the time. The reason it survived, you would be in a family and your father would be the baker. The son would be taught how to be the baker. Your other family would be the shoe repair person and the children would become the shoe repair people. And each part of the culture was sustainable because they never fought egoically against one another. They knew how they were gonna survive and what their job was. Okay, unfortunately, 3000 years later, we live in a very different socioeconomic world. So we're not 
we don't live with the same, you know, this is really a survival, a fight for the fittest. And, and who is going to manage you? You've got to figure that out. So we, we live in a different parameter, but we've evolved. Uh, the mind has evolved from being sapien and homo sapien to, to consciousness now being something that it wasn't 150,000 years ago. So in that capacity, it's, it's a practice. And the reason that we are seeing all of these various, you know, more than ever over the past 25 years from Deepak Chopra to um, so many of them, it's, it's coming to the point where we're suffering so much in that loneliness and that capacity to not know how to open up our heart, to not know how to be kind without having an expectation or the fact that we have been hurt. And, Yes, there, there's post-traumatic syndrome on so many levels with so many different people who have had afflictions. And it takes, a, yes, it does take forgiveness, but it also takes something bigger than that, which is stamina. Uh, yeah, fortitude, fortitude. You yeah. have so many books behind you, Patricia. What, <clears throat> what are a couple of books that you would recommend to somebody just starting out their journey to really understand their soul journey and to get their mind wrapped a little bit more around the metaphysical stuff that we talked about tonight? And to kind of help them discover that inner child, that inner soul that, that really needs that kindness and that love. What are some what are some good books that you could recommend to somebody? Oh boy, oh boy. Um, that's almost too hard for me. I, I have a list, but just in in simple ways, I would say if you just wanted to know, you would I'd always tell people to to Google anything related to um, basics of Buddhism. There's no question. Anything that you find will open up the door to showing you, you know, that we have to be in practice in order for us to have a cessation of suffering. And the only way that cessation of suffering will happen is if we become clear as human beings. Um, I like the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, rewiring your mind and, and, you know, finding ways to realize that what you think actually does have an accent in all levels physically and, and and mentally. So being able to coerce yourself into sitting, you know, at a computer and, and just Googling so many of these things, they will open up a plethora of, of places to gain knowledge. Awesome, thank you. <clears throat> yes, and something else that just came to me while you were speaking a little bit ago is this idea that, you know, as we do this practice and more of us do it, the more that becomes our reality. And even though it seems like, you know, when we watch the news or we hear stories that there's all this anger and there's all this violence, that the reality is that's really a small percentage of the world, like a very, very small percentage of the world. And the majority of the world, you know, really wants to move into a better place. They want to grow. They want to see things like kindness become the rule and to not be an exception. And I think that we definitely have this opportunity to realize we have the potential to do that as a collective. And, and it just takes doing what you're saying, just making it a practice and, and start with ourselves, be kind to ourselves at a minimum first. So I, I um, back in 2007, um, well, I'll just backtrack for a second. So I was raised a Roman Catholic and I spent years studying, you know, the catechism and all of the different um, aspects of that. And then I became interested in other religions. 
and philosophers and, you know, <laughs> studying Nikola Tesla. I, I studied physics, superluminal particle neutrino theory. I mean, go on and on and on until finally your brain just goes, okay, how much more am I going to be able to absorb? But it all keeps evolving back to the same thing. And there was a period of time when I studied the Kabbalah, the Zohar, the Tanya, Maimonides. I became so enriched in that knowledge, the, the super esoteric, supra esoteric. But the essence of it continuously evolves into a dissolving moment where it is inside of you already. And it is the beautiful practice of being a human that when you start lifting and stretching everything that you believe is impacting your thinking and you let it go and start feeling the inherent, um, just your own intuition, you will start tracking yourself and you'll start feeling better. And that negativity that you know surrounds you starts to dissolve. And, and the people around you, if you surround yourself with real with idiots, what can I say? I mean, if you want to surround yourself, I, I've surrounded myself with geniuses and people who've made mistakes like me and, and I read about them. I can't, I can't live one lifetime and meet all these people. So fortunately, you know, I, I spent the last X many, 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 many decades, um, too many, uh, evolving myself to a place where I love being alone. I'm not alone. And anytime I want to think about a feel good feeling, I think about my grandchildren. I think about my friends. I think about people on the other side of, of the planet. And then I action. And how, how my action has evolved is there's Help Heal Humanity that Serena Buffalino and I are, are working. There was in 2006, you know, I had the opportunity to make a split second decision if I would spend 5,000 US dollars to build this library in Angkor Wat, Cambodia. And I did, and that evolved into something that became beyond kindness. It became a way, because of that act of kindness, I have been the recipient of, of friendships that I can't, that give me goose pimples to even think about, that I've been able to travel with Lama Glenn Mullen, the world's leading Tibetologist, to, to Bhutan, to Cambodia, Thailand. I spent you know, time in Nepal, in Tibet, in, in, in ways and places that, you know, when you think I never would have thought that could have ever happened to me, could never be my reality. But you know what? You show up for your reality. So if you want to have a good life, if you want to have good relationships, first be kind to yourself. And, and there are no limitations. Whatever limitations you have, man alive, you put them there because nobody else did. And if someone else put them there and you think they did, you gave them permission, my friends. And the minute you take the permission away, you start living who you really are. And you really, really are pretty amazing. And, and of course, we've heard the talk that, you know, um, Glenn Morshauer has said on the stage when we've been at Craig Doswell's events in the past. And, you know, Glenn says, you know, how many millions of these little things were coming down and hey, they found you. You are a miracle. You are the most spectacular human being that has this opportunity. Don't waste it. You're gonna waste it. You know, you'll just come back again and again and again if if that's the way the uh, human consciousness works. Mm. Wow, I don't know what to add to that. <laughs> that Truth says it all. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm so. That's right. 
I am so grateful that you've been here with us tonight. We're a little bit over our time, but I just, I couldn't cut us short. And so I want to put your site up because I know people are going to want to get in contact with you and find out more about you and what you're doing. So put your website down at the bottom for those who might be listening on the podcast. Do you mind telling us what your website is? So uh, patriciacarengeigich.com. And there's mostly my art there. Um, I have another site called inspiredtoberewired.com. And that's where I talk about mastering the five radical degrees of life. And um, I haven't been super active on Twitter or Instagram. And I've been told over and over that that's something I need to do. But I have a Facebook page. And uh, most people know how to get a hold of me anyhow. Awesome. Well, once again, such a joy to have you on. And Christopher, do you have any closing thoughts? And then I'll let Patricia have the last word. Yeah, <clears throat> such a timely, such a timely subject. I mean, right now, I mean, just recapping on what we talked about, you know, having kindness in your heart for your soul, having forgiveness in yourself and being able to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. You know, people are still wondering what to do right now. And I think that we've talked about that tonight. And in fact, of you know, just be the light, be the love, you know, go out there and be, you know, if you could just, I, I put the challenge out a while back. I'm like, if every single person that I know went out there and just did one nice thing for somebody every single day, held the door open, let them go into traffic, said hi to them, stopped and listened or bought them a coffee or, you know, whatever it is, if we all did that, that endorphin would, would actually kick in. Like you said, Patricia, you start getting, you start feeling good. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, what's the greatest feeling you get? And I said, when I say something in such a way that somebody who has not been able to get it before gets it, that is like a big drug for me. Like they just go, Oh, I didn't see that. Or I didn't understand that. Or I didn't realize that. So I just think we need to be more um, kind to ourselves and more time being kind instead of being different and looking for differences and being angry and the world would be a much, much better place. And it can happen overnight, literally. So, but again, thank you, Patricia. You're such an angel and a sweetheart and you're so brilliant. So we appreciate you having you here with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. And any final thoughts, Patricia? Well, I think I, I always like to say we're the universe looking at itself. <clears throat> and, you know, it's like we're the soul that the dream is having and we are in that dream. So I just think, you know, dream well, dream big. And yeah, super, super, super be kind, be kind, be kind. And don't worry about what anyone else does or thinks. It's what you think and how you act that will change the world. So beautiful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So much thank gratitude you. to you. And thank you to the audience. As always, we appreciate you so much. And it's such a joy to be here with you every single time and to share these messages out with you. Thank you for participating and asking questions. Lots of love and light going out to all of you this evening. Good night, everyone. You guys rock. We want to thank you for listening today. We know you have many choices for content and we are grateful you chose us. You can always find more of our episodes at the Energy Healing Network on YouTube. Please do make sure to subscribe to the channel so you can easily find more episodes or watch when we go live. Thank you again for listening and sharing these messages with others who you wish to encourage and uplift.